Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable inviting you to stay tuned for this special Christmas season edition of Let's Talk About Jesus. And I pray that uh, today we will have insight and understanding into the theological foundation for our celebration as Christians of this great, great time of year. We're cautioned uh, to not let this become just a a worldly holiday when it is supposed to be a Christian holy day. And that doesn't mean we can't have a lot of fun, eat a lot of good food, we and have a lot of, of gift giving and sharing and, and decorating. It means that we have a full understanding uh, of that great truth that Jesus is the reason for the season and without him there will be no no Christmas there might be a winter solstice some kind of of commercialized paganized celebration of Christmas and we want to make very sure as Christians that we grasp as we celebrate the true meaning of the of the Christmas season and the Christmas story and of Christ himself it is vitally important to the faith of the gospel of Jesus Christ that we understand the significance of Jesus being born in that little city of Bethlehem, born of a virgin, and who he was at birth. Hallelujah. So we're going to be talking about this mystery and the majesty of Christmas once again this year. And I pray that you will open your hearts as you open your Bible and uh, and let us get into the Word of God today. Just before we turn to 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. I would like to thank every one of you uh, that are consistent listeners to this broadcast, to this devotional teaching here on WMAF. We are so grateful for our listening audience, not only there in Madison and North Florida, but also who are listening by the World Wide Web through computer, anywhere in the United States, anywhere in the world. We know we have listeners from Africa. We know we have listeners from West Virginia. We have listeners from literally every state in the Union. And you that are listening from Arizona, we welcome you today. And we thank you so much for for being there on the other end of this this broadcast to receive from the Word of God. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. If you would like to come to our website, we would invite you to come. Just type in T-H-C-O-G. There's another Holy Church of God, uh, but it is in another state, and this is the Holy Church of God right here in Tampa, Florida, an affiliate of Independent Assemblies of God International in good standing since 1974. Praise God. So we've been doing this a long time in the same city where I've been the senior pastor. And uh, we're grateful once again that God let us see another Christmas season to talk about the glory and the majesty and the mystery of Christmas. Praise God. Well, if you've turned in your Bibles, 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, let's talk about the mystery of Christmas. Listen to it carefully. It said, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. 
God was manifest in the flesh. That is crucial. Listen to it again. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the Spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. God was manifest in the flesh. This is speaking of Christ and His incarnation. This is that baby boy that was born in Bethlehem. Listen to it carefully from the Amplified. For great and important and weighty, we confess is the hidden truth, the mystic secret of godliness. He, God, was made visible in human flesh justified and vindicated in the Holy Spirit, was seen by angels, preached among the nations, believed on in the world, and taken up into glory. Our friend, I want to declare in light of this scripture today, what mystery, what grace, what mercy, what love, that the very God of all creation would leave the splendor of heaven and come down to this fallen world to become one of us, and yet without sin to become one with us and to make us one with Him, to go to the cross and lay down His life to give us life eternal. This is the wonderful mystery, but it is also the majesty of Christmas. Listen to John, Gospel, chapter 1, verse 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. And verse 14 says, And the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, as the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That great statement today, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. This one line is the entire Christmas story, the entire message of the birth of Christ, the Word, God's fullness, the second person of the Trinity, sent by God as a message, the message of love and goodness and grace, God's real presence in the world, sent to dwell in flesh, sent to be human, to live among us, speak our language so that we might receive Him and understand what God wants us to hear, and to know what previously was hidden. That is the mystery that is no longer a mystery. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 20 through 23, listen to it carefully. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not, to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. 
Now all these things were done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. God with us. Ah, friend, what a mystery a virgin is conceiving a child of the Holy Ghost, a supernatural conception, and then God incarnate in flesh, Son of Man and Son of God, very man and very God, Son of God and God the Son. Ah, no wonder it said, without great controversy, the Christ of Christmas is full of mystery. And it's crucial to our faith in this day of false teachers and false Christ to hold steadfast to the fact that Christ was God manifest in the flesh, God incarnate. In fact, we're told not to believe every spirit, but, but to test the spirits to see if they be of God. Listen to 1 John chapter 4. This is how crucial Theologically, this is to the faith and to our faith, and, and that every Christian understand this. First John chapter 4, I'm going to read uh, verses 1 through verse 6. It says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, is of God. You see what that's saying here, is saying that God became flesh, that Jesus was God incarnate, that he was not just a good man, but he was God come down to us in human form. And every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now already it is in the world. And friend of mine, it's not only in the world, but it's in segments of the church today. Listen carefully to the rest of this. Verse 4 said, Ye are of God, little children and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than in he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Simply, Stated in light of that, confessing that Jesus has come in the flesh means that the Messiah is very God and very man. Many people believe that a good man was born in the Middle East, a great teacher, a prophet, a priest, but a virgin birth, an immaculate conception, God manifest in flesh, God with us, no way. Those who hold this view do not know the Christ of the Bible. But he that is in us, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, is greater than he, the devil, the spirit of lies that is in the world. We understand the mystery of Christmas because we believe that Jesus is God 
with us. Emmanuel. Hallelujah. Romans 16 verse 25 and 26 bears this out. It says, Now unto him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began but now is made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. Hallelujah. This mystery, this wonderful, mysterious story of Christmas that is not just a fable or a fairy tale, but a historic truth and a historic fact. God did, in fact, take on flesh. The second person of the Godhead, Jesus, came into this fallen world to be born in a manger, to grow into full manhood, and to go to the cross, having never, ever sinned, and to pay the penalty for our sin, to offer up an acceptable sacrifice as a substitute, a Lamb of God, so that we could be saved. Ah, friend, Jesus did not come to lay in a manger and evoke sentimental feelings. Jesus came into this world so that He could take our place Ah, who am I, the songwriter said, that a king would bleed and die for. But but beyond a king, a great potentate, a great ruler, a great person, who am I that God would come? You see, the Bible said, to wit, God was in Jesus Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. Jesus was the second person of the Godhead. Therefore, on that cross, all that they saw was a man like any other man, weak, bleeding, and dying, and suffering. But really, on that cross was very God and very man. Can God die? No, neither could Jesus' spirit. He commended His spirit into the hands of His Father. But I want you to know, His Spirit, like our spirit, cannot die. We have something of God in us. He breathed into that clay, and He made man a living soul. And whether you're saved or not, your spirit won't die. It's not just Christian spirit that don't die. Every person is going to live somewhere eternally, because every person has eternity invested in them. Every child that is born is an eternal being, because in that body and soul, and soul there is a spirit that will live forever somewhere. And God so loved the world and wanted us to live forever with Him, not banished and punished because of sin, but saved and sanctified and sealed for heaven. Hallelujah! That He gave His Son. And He literally gave His Son when He sent Him into this world. In fact, He gave His Son from the foundation of the world. The Bible said Jesus is the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. God knew if He gave man a free will, and He did, that man could make the wrong choice and would need redeeming. 
He would need to be bought back so he could be brought back into fellowship with God. So in the, the heart of God, the mind of God, the plan of God, and the purpose of God, he had already planned a way to save man from himself and from Satan and from sin's consequence. Jesus was predestined from the foundation of the world to come here and do what he did. And in the fullness of time, God sent him. And that fullness of time was manifest on Christmas Day over two thousand years ago but the birth of this child is reverberating into the 21st century why are people so upset over a babe in a manger Ah, friend of mine because there's more to this than a baby born in a manger in bethlehem a man of god a man of peace but this was god manifest in the flesh this is the mystery of christmas but it is also the majesty of Christmas. In John 1 and verse 14, we read, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, God's holy character, His perfect goodness, no darkness at all in Him, perfect truth, perfect light, perfect love. That holy nature that is attended by the Shekinah, the very glory of God in the Old Testament, was seen in the man, Jesus Christ, in whom all the fullness of the Godhead dwelled bodily. Listen to Colossians 2, verse 8 and verse 9. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him, hallelujah, dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Jesus literally said in the New Testament, When you've seen me, you've seen the Father. For I and the Father are one. Ah, friend of mine, this is the wonderful majesty and glory of Christmas, that God would be manifest in the flesh. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I have been preaching the gospel now for 43 years in January as a pastor. That means I study the Word, but I don't just study the Word of God to get a sermon so that I can preach it to others. I study the Word so that I can understand and appreciate and appropriate in my own personal life and experience what God wants me to see, what God wants me to know. And I remember when I first became a Christian and, and how Christmas changed because I began to know uh, what it was really all about. I really began to celebrate the fact that God would love me enough to give His Son one of the most preached scriptures. We just had a funeral recently. In fact, last Sunday. And what I ministered at that, that, that funeral service was John 3.16. Because the greatest need of man is forgiveness. And that is God's great reason for sending His Son into this world. John 3.16 is the most preached scripture. It is the gospel in a nutshell, it is the core of all the teaching of the good news of Jesus. For God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but should have eternal life. Praise God. You're going to hear it. And it's quoted and prophetic of Jesus to come in the, in the old covenant. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. Unto us a son is given. And those, those prophetic words have been put into a, a, a Christian hymn of the faith. For unto us the great Handel's Messiah. For unto us a child is born. A son is given. When you first read that, it, at, before you understand the mystery and majesty of Christmas, you just see a son is given. God gave this beautiful baby to be born in a manger. This, this son is given. He sent him to the earth to lay in a manger. And we all get sentimental about that beautiful baby. And we hear the story about no room in the end. This baby born in a manger and how terrible and tragic. And oh, if we could only uh, give him, give him a place in our heart, you know, so he could be warm and well kept. And, and, and it, it evokes mainly sentimentality. But listen to this, it's so more important and vital to our faith than to just get a sentimental feeling when we see that babe in the manger. It is supposed to open unto us a great, powerful, wonderful truth that God gave His Son. He sent Him here to die on the cross in our place. And He had to come in flesh to take our place. He had to take on flesh to take our place. And He had to live a sinless life in order to offer an acceptable sacrifice for our sins. And there was no man in this world, no person on this planet that could do that. You know, the Scripture is very clear. We have all sinned, all of us, all of us, from Adam forward to this very day and beyond. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Coming short of the glory of God, it's a, it's a term that could be used in archery, that a man is pulling back the bow, he's aiming the best he can aim at the target, and he's aiming at the bullseye, and he's letting the arrow fly. And not only does the arrow miss the bullseye, it doesn't even hit any of the outer rings. In fact, it doesn't even hit the target itself. It doesn't even come close. So the Scripture's very clear. We have all sinned and come short of the glory. We have missed the mark. We're, there's none of us even close to being worthy of heaven and worthy of fellowship with God and reconciliation to God. And the only answer is a Savior, one who would take our place, one who would hit the mark, one who never sinned. Hallelujah. You know, the Scripture said there's none righteous. For the righteousness of man, man at his best, is as a filthy rag. There is none righteous. And then it's reiterated, because some people are so self-righteous, they think they're one of those. 
And some people are, if they don't think that of themselves through pride and arrogance and self-righteousness, they think they know someone that is such a good person, intrinsically good, that they're worthy of heaven. And they can stand in the presence of a holy God without the shed blood of the sacrificed lamb to cleanse us from our sin. Oh, friend of mine, there's none righteous. No, not one. But God loved us enough to give us His only begotten Son, to give Him up unto death on the cross, to listen to His cry, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which being interpreted as my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? On the cross, Jesus died as a man forsaken of God. Jesus on the cross died as a sinner unforgiven, though he never sinned. But he was treated as if he had sinned, so that we who truly deserved the punishment of God and the banishment of God could never experience that but have everlasting life because we're reconciled unto God and our sins are forgiven. Oh, yes, great is the mystery that God was manifest in the flesh. Who am I that a king would bleed and die for? Another song, amazing love, amazing love. How can it be that this my God would die for me? How could God die? Well, God is a spirit. Obviously, he can't die. But he in flesh. That flesh could die on that cross. And that flesh did die. And for three days was laid in that tomb. But on the third day rose up again. Hallelujah. To give us a hope that even death can't conquer. So, friend of mine, I want you to know this Christmas season that we might understand and apprehend and comprehend the glory and the mystery and the majesty of Christmas. Oh, that God would do this to save you. That God would do this to save me. The writer of Amazing Grace put it in perfect terminology when he said, Amazing Grace... How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. This Christmas season, when there's a tendency to be just part of the commercialization and even the pagan part of celebration, to get into the true spirit of Christmas, Jesus Christ. Oh, Hallelujah. This shall be a sign unto you. A virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son. A child is born. A son is given. For God so loved that he gave. And that Jesus Christ so loved that he came. Condescended to be born in a manger. Grow up as a carpenter's son in a poor part of town. And grow to full adulthood and go to the cross for you and for me. I like the amplification of the 14th verse. It says, And the word Christ became flesh human incarnate 
tabernacle, fixed his tent of flesh, lived a while among us, and we actually saw his glory, his honor, his majesty, such glory as an only begotten Son receives from his Father, full of grace, favor, loving kindness, and truth. This Christmas, let us celebrate the glory and let us celebrate the majesty of Christmas. Thank God for Jesus and thank the Father for sending His only begotten to take our place and to be our sacrifice lamb. Today, I feel so blessed this season because I know in the full extent of understanding, I don't know why He loved me like the song said enough to die for me. But I'm so glad. I'm so glad He did. And in your house and your family, if you're a Christian, celebrate with understanding and appreciation this Christmas season. The gift of God. The gift of Christ. And if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, would you receive this gift, this Son, this Savior? Repent of your sins. He will abundantly pardon you and give you everlasting life. Well, our time is gone. Would you come back next week and let's talk about Jesus. Jesus.